Again, welcome. I'm going to pray as we start a brand new series called God's Plan. Dear Father, thank you so much for this day. I pray that we would walk in your plan for our lives. I pray that we would have ears to hear exactly what you're doing, eyes to see what you're doing. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. You know, Proverbs says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And many of us in our lives are trying to do what the modern prophet Drake describes in his song, God's Plan. I don't really think he's a modern prophet, but, you know, there's some lyrics. Can you put that up, Jeff? You know, Drake. How many of you guys are familiar with Drake? He's a, he's a, a singer-artist, and he talks about in the song, I don't want to die for them to miss me. Yes, I th- see the things that they wishing on me. God's plan. God's plan, amen? I hold back. Sometimes I won't. Yeah. I feel good. Sometimes I don't. Eh, don't. Bad things, it's a lot of bad things that they wishing and they wishing and they wishing and they wishing, they wishing on me. God's plan. <laughs> can we give it up for God speaking through weird ways? If he can speak through a donkey, he can speak through Drake, amen? It's true, it's just science. And so, God's plan. You know, as I, I've been, you know, hearing this song on the radio, hearing a lot of people who are Christian, not Christian, singing this song, you know, we are all, in a way, looking for God's plan in our life. You know, uh, Mark Twain, I got a lot of quotes from weird people. He says, two of the most important days in your life, uh, the, the, the day you are born and the day you find out why. But I, I feel like a lot of us in this room, we don't know what God's plan is for our life. And we are like people without vision. We are like people who don't know what my calling is. Lord, what is your will for my life? What is your purpose? How many of you guys, if we're going to be real vulnerable in a safe place, you're like, I'm not really sure what God's plan for my life is. Can we just be vulnerable? I mean, like, what am I doing? What on earth am I doing here? You know, I heard this story, which is kind of crazy, but you know those, like, greyhound dog race tracks where dogs, they're these really fast greyhounds. They're dogs that chase this mechanical rabbit, and people make bets, like which dog is going to win the race first, right? And they chase this rabbit. One day at this track, it was somewhere in Florida, this rabbit is making its way around the track, and all the dogs are chasing it, but something crazy happens. The rabbit starts to malfunction, and it on the spot, in front of all the dogs, in front of thousands of people, this mechanical rabbit explodes. And there's mechanical rabbit fur everywhere, and like springs, and there's like smoke, and it's like, what is going on? And the dogs start to freak out. One dog is so like shooken up by this that he runs towards a fence, runs into the fence, and breaks all of its legs, and just is super damaged. It freaks out. Another dog gets off the course and starts just barking at all the people watching. You know, just just barking. And it's freaking out. Then the rest of the dogs just get on the ground and just, they just hang out. They're just going to get some R&R and relax. <laughs> and it's so crazy that these dogs, when they didn't realize 
or didn't have their goal anymore, when they didn't know what they were running after, they didn't know what they were chasing, suddenly they started, you know, hurting themselves, hollering at other people, and just laying down and letting the world pass them by. And I, I feel like even as Christians and just people in general, sometimes we are like these dogs, and we don't know what we're going after. And we end up just using our time hurting people or just yelling at people like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. And, or just, you know, we're just kind of sitting on the sidelines, walking through life, wondering why am I here? And truly, people without vision perish. Perish is another way of saying dying. And in this room, some of you guys feel like you are dying. I don't have vision. If I were to be gone today, nobody would even notice me. I don't want people, like Drake said, I don't want to die for people to be missing me. And we are like without vision. God, why am I here? You know, I was doing some research on this message, and at one point, the number one uh, question on Google was, what is my purpose? And the number one question people would ask God, if they could have a face-to-face -face encounter with God where they could get a clear answer no matter what, the question people would ask is, what is my purpose? And so I think there's a huge need for us to have some simple tools to, to see, like, how do we discover purpose? How do we find out my calling? How do I find out what I'm going to do with my life? And so I'm so excited. Today we're going to be talking about four phases to walking in purpose or four phases to discovering our purpose. And I pray that this will be a blessing. But something I want to share with you is this. We want to have, many of us, a great family reality. Maybe our family life was messed up, our divorces messed us up or abuse in our family messed us up and so our our dream is just to maybe have a, a great family life to destroy generational cycles of maybe addiction or hurt or pain and our dream or something we feel in our hearts i just want to have a great family life but i want to let you know that that's not going to happen by accident you need to have a vision for your future everybody ends up somewhere but most people don't end up there on purpose Okay, everybody ends up somewhere in life, but not many people intentionally get there, end up there on purpose. Finances, oh, I wish, I just wish I had great finances. I wish I wasn't in debt. Well, you're not, you're not going to find financial freedom by accident, most of you. You know, healthy, you know, relationships. I wish I was just in a healthy relationship or friendships. You're not going to get there by accident. An amazing, fulfilling call on my life. I want to I wanna use my gifts and talents. I want to have a job that it doesn't feel like a job. I want to I wanna walk in my destiny. I want to let you know you're not going to end up there by accident. Everybody ends up somewhere, but you will not get there by accident. We need a vision or we will perish. Amen. And so, like, Helen Keller, she says, one of the most sad things that we can experience, if we can put this up, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. And so we need a vision for our families. We need a vision for our life calling and our purpose. We need a vision for our finances. We just need a vision. Can I get a good amen? I don't, I'm sick of us perishing. I'm sick of us dying. 
And I, I believe that that doesn't have to be our future. And so to talk about these four phases of a dream, I want to dive into Acts 20, which is just a powerful passage. And we're going to walk through this passage. And this is Paul talking. Paul had been traveling in a bunch of areas, and he was going to Jerusalem. He was eager to get to Jerusalem, the scripture says, before the Passover. And so he's making these stops, and he's talking to different churches and things like that. And he says this in verse 22. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. I love this passage. And in this, Paul says some amazing things, and we're going to walk through this. Paul talks about how he's compelled by the Spirit, talks about how I don't know what's going to happen. He talks about hardships he's going to face, and then he talks about how he wants to complete the task. And so we're going to kind of dissect and dive into a few of those things to help us walk in our purpose. So the first thing is, Paul says he is compelled by the Spirit. And now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem. And this word compelled in the Greek, it can mean bound or like he was pulled. He was surrounded by this like force that was, you know, pulling him, drawing him. You know, motivation is like when something is is like um, pushing you towards a goal. Hey, get in shape. Hey, do this. Get better. That like is motivation. But like a calling is like when something inside of you is kind of pulling you. And Paul, Paul says, I was compelled by the spirit. I was bound. There was something that had a hold on my life. And it was just drawing me to go to Jerusalem. And when we're discovering our purpose, I want to let you know, first and foremost, it is connected to the Spirit of God. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. There's not one person on earth who was made by accident or without a purpose. God wasn't like, oh, whoops, Lorena, uh, didn't, I didn't mean to make her. Like, uh, whoopsie. No, that's not God. He made you on purpose and for a purpose. And so Paul says he was compelled by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. And in understanding the supernatural element, being connected to God, I want to help you understand that there is a general purpose for our life or a general will, and then there is a specific will or a specific purpose. For us as believers and humanity, we are called to know God and to make him known. Like Jesus is the maker who made us. He holds the instructions for our life. He knows why he made us. And if we're going to find out our destiny, our calling, our purpose as creations, it's pretty healthy to understand who the creator is. So first and foremost, if you want to know your calling, get connected to the caller. Does that make sense? If you want to know your calling, get connected to the caller. So Paul, he was aware of what the Spirit was compelling him to do. And I I want to encourage you, like, you need to walk in God's general purpose before walking in his specific purpose. Learn who is God. God, what are you thinking 
What are you dreaming? Getting into his word, spending time in prayer. If I was trying to discover my purpose, the first thing I would do would be to lock myself away in a room, pray fast, get a Bible, get a journal, and just say, God, why did you create me? Who am I? What are you wanting to do through me? How can I know you? How can I make you known? And through that supernatural element, God will start to speak to you. I truly believe it. He spoke to me in so many ways. I remember as a, a young teenager going to a camp, hearing a preacher, and then I, I just prayed, Lord, what do you want from me? And I began to hear from the Lord, and he began to speak to me. I'm calling you to preach the gospel. I'm calling you to make a difference with your voice, to share the good news about who I am as Jesus. And I, I sobbed and I cried and I just said, Lord, here I am. Would you please use me? Use me? And so this compelling, but it will start off with a general will. And so as you discover the general will, knowing God, making him known, as you follow that general will, I believe that you will start to understand God's specific will for your life. And so if you don't know your specific will, let me encourage you this. Dig into God's general will. Say, God, your mission to make known the beauty of Jesus, your great commission to make disciples of every nation, your mission is more important than my position. Does that make sense? If you're having a hard time knowing, just say, God, your mission is more important than my position. If you want another rhyme, Lord, your goal is more important than my role. I can rhyme all day. All right? Don't. Drake, you got nothing on me. So, <laughs> you know, dreams, though, finding this, another way, you know, I would encourage you to press into God, spend some time with him, just read, pray, journal. But another thing is, I would encourage you to talk to some people who know you well and ask them this question. What, what compels me? What is the thing I find myself talking about all the time? What am I obsessed about? What, what am I motivated by? What kind of, what, what is my frustration? What really bothers me? And I say to myself, somebody should do something about this. Or what if this happened? Or what if this looked different? What if this happened? The church should be like this. Or business should be like this. Or, or what if this was accomplished? Uh, your friends might know something about you that you don't know about yourself. And you'll find that thing that compels you, that you, you spend your time thinking about, you spend your time talking about. Does that make sense? So in discovering our purpose, Paul said, I am compelled by God to go to Jerusalem. Ronaldo, famous soccer player, he says this, dreams are not what you see in your sleep. Dreams are things which do not let you sleep. So what keeps you up at night? What compels you? The second thing as we're trying to discover our purpose or walk in these phases of purpose is we find that Paul says, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen. There's a certain uncertainty. I'm called to go to Jerusalem, but I don't know what's going to happen there. <laughs> I'm called to go to Jerusalem, but I don't know what's going to happen there. The other week, Zach Snyder, Zach, can you raise your hand? He's like, hey, I really want to go camping, and I want to bring a bunch of people with me. And so everybody started looking at Zach as the ringleader for this camping trip. And as the day approached, we had pregnant women like my wife. 
We had a two-and-a-half-year-old son. We had a whole group of people that was like, Zach, we want to go camping too. We will join you. And so we committed. And then the day came, and we're like, all right, Zach, where are we meeting? I don't know. <laughs> what time are we meeting? Who knows? Is there running water? God's plan. <laughs> Well, can we set up a, a tent? Is there, you know, my pregnant wife is like, is there a bathroom? <laughs> I mean, and, and Zach's just like, ah, we'll see. And he was certain that we were going to go camping, but I would say there's a certain uncertainty. <laughs> we knew what we are doing, but all the details, we had no idea what was going to happen. And for the record, those are my favorite kind of adventures. Anybody with me? Hey, let's go camping. Let's just get in the car. Let's see what happens. It's going to be amazing. But we're, we're my detail people. You're like, I want a plan. I want to know where we're sleeping. I'm gonna, I want to know the thread count of your sleeping bag. <laughs> like, this, like, people were so frustrated. And at one point... Zach, we're, look, we're like scouting out some of these remote spots, like a little off the trail. And I had a look at Zach and I said, hey man, we got, we got to make this easier and clearer. We didn't have cell phone reception. People are trying to meet in the middle of a mountain, unable to talk to each other. Like, how do you make a smoke signal? I don't know. But, and, and so I just, I grabbed Zach and I just looked at him and I said, bro, this camping trip is bigger than you now. <laughs> He's like, I know. <laughs> I was like, we got to make a plan. How many of you guys wish you could grab God and be like, just tell me. <laughs> I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just tell me exactly what I'm supposed to do. Like, God, I love you. I will follow your voice. But what am I supposed to do? I'll just do it. Give me the plans for five years from now, 10 years from now. I'll follow those instructions. But that doesn't often happen, does it? And Paul, Paul, the apostle, who wrote most of the New Testament, he's just like us. He says, I feel compelled to go to Jerusalem, but I don't know what's going to happen there. But I'm just called to go. <laughs> and as we decide to follow Jesus, we follow our purpose, we follow these callings and plans. God is a lot like Zach, where he just gives us like the next step. In fact, the scriptures in Psalm 119, 105, it says... Let's put that up. Psalm 119, your word, you know, God's words, his direction is a lamp to my feet and is a light to my path. Notice he doesn't say it's a, a light for my whole body. It isn't a light to my destination. This is how it is with God. Sometimes, you know, in, in this context, some people used to put like little candles or little lights like that would just literally light up their next step. Isn't this like our relationship and our purpose walk with God? It's like we just get enough information, just enough light to take our next step. God, what do you want for my plan? And he's not like, okay, May 7th, 2050, this is what you're going to do. It's like not usually like that. It's like, hey, save some money. <laughs> get out of debt. Ask for forgiveness. You know, pray, pray for your family. You're like, God, no, but like, what? give me the lyrics for this new album I'm supposed to write. Like, God, what do you want from me? And he's just like, hey, reconcile with your brother. You know, like, follow my general will. Let me light up your next step, and then I will guide you into your destiny. Amen? And I mean, there are things in my life where if I knew the full plan of what God was calling me to do, even with the church plan, I don't know if I could have handled all the information up front. 
If I knew the cost it was going to cost our family to even start a church right here in Bellevue, I would probably have been overwhelmed and paralyzed, information overload. Like, I can barely choose a movie to watch on Netflix. At some point, there's just too much information. There's just too many options. And I'm like, ah. And I just find, like, God lights up one step at a time. Certain uncertainty. You know, we were praying and fasting. We felt like God had called us to start a beautiful church in a beautiful place. We didn't know where that was supposed to be. When we, I, we're praying, we'd been fasting, felt like the Lord's calling us to start a beautiful church in a beautiful place. We assumed that was Florida. <laughs> we go to the beaches, but as soon as we get off the plane, we don't feel the peace of God. We feel like this is not right. And we felt like the Lord started to give us another step away from the beaches. <laughs> and then we prayed and fasted again. I had a dream in the middle of the night. Part of the dream was in French. We had to get it translated. We ended up finding about a city named Bellevue, a city we had never heard of or been to, but it was a step. We felt a little more light. And so then we started talking to different people and organized a scouting trip, met with pastors here. Should we start a church here? Yes, we've been praying for people like you. And we felt like, oh my goodness, the Lord is leading us. But this is our faith, faith your faith journey? Guess what? It requires faith. <laughs> it requires faith. And you will experience certain uncertainty. I remember when Amritha and I first really started entertaining the idea of starting a church, before the name Kalos existed, before our old church knew we were planning on leaving, before we had ever heard of Bellevue. Uh, it was crazy, but the, the Jennings, Rachel and Andrew, here's Andrew right here. Is Rachel in the room? She might be doing something, but she, she's usually running a lot of things at the same time. But uh, they, they approached us. I had worked on staff at a church with Rachel for five years, and they said, hey, we don't know what you're doing after your five-year contract at this church is over. We know, we know you're planning on leaving, but we just want to let you know, wherever you guys go, we feel like the Lord is calling us to go with you, and we're in. And we wept. <laughs> Because all we had had was conversations on this dirt road. We didn't have a website. We didn't have a name. We didn't have a city. We weren't even sure if we were going to plant a church. We knew we were called to do some sort of ministry together. But here, the Jennings, on their own, were praying. We had had these secret conversations. My wife and I, they had been praying, talking to God. And so in a step of faith, the Jennings just approached us. We don't know what you're doing, but we feel called to go with you. Oh, man, and they just took that step. We could have been like, we're, we're starting the donut business. <laughs> They'd be like, okay. <laughs> then donut maker be my master. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, they're just like, they're just like, we're in certain uncertainty. Take your next step. Follow God. You're following God's general purpose will lead you to his specific purpose. And I, I just want to let you know, as someone who's followed God has taken chances on God. God's trust me is better than any guarantee. God's trust me is better than any guarantee. I can rhyme all day. All right. The third thing you'll experience as you're finding and discovering and walking and the phases of purpose is you'll find, as Paul says, hardships are facing me. 
I don't know, I'm, I feel called to Jerusalem. I don't know exactly what I'm doing there. But the one thing the Holy Spirit's given me clarity on is hardships will surround me. Thanks, God. <laughs> That's the one thing I'll give you total information of. And uh, sometimes when we're walking in our destiny, calling, trying to uncover our purpose, I want to let you know you can count on predictable resistance. When you're trying to bring something into existence, whether it's a baby, whether it's a dream, whether it's a business, whether it's fighting for your family, whether it's fighting for your fulfillment, I want to let you know that resistance precedes existence. It just does. I mean, you're going to push things into existence. You're going to have to fight against the flow to make things a reality. It just is predictable, predictable resistance. And so Paul feels called to Jerusalem, but the Holy Spirit says you will face hardship on every side. I'm telling you what, the moment you say to your husband, hey, I'm going to fight for our marriage, there's going to be conflict and strife. The moment you're like, I'm going to get in better shape, your friends are going to throw a donut buffet in your honor, and you're going to be like, no! <laughs> like, the moment you choose to fast and pray for your destiny, and you're like, I'm giving up pop this month, people are going to give you tons of pop and soda. or and it's, just, it's just predictable, amen? And like, I mean, you just know when you, like, I'm going to go work out. You know, I, you know, when you're lifting weights and you're wanting to get stronger, the, the way you get stronger is by finding resistance. The more resistance you face when you're lifting weights is going to indicate how much your muscles tear. And from those muscles tearing, you will find healing and strength gains. And I mean, I mean... Just look at me. I've learned this lesson. <laughs> I've <have> personally <laughs> learned this lesson. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> when it comes to muscles, resistance precedes existence. Just take it from me. It's just predictable, but it, it's going to be difficult. It's not just going to fall into your lap. You know, dreams are dreams for a reason. It's something to help you endure. And when you have a dream, when you find what God has for your life, dreams will help you do this. Or vision or a goal will help you do this so you don't end up like those dogs. It'll help you find focus so you know what to say yes to and what to say no to. A dream or a vision will help you find fulfillment so you know I, I'm walking, I have a reason to get up in the morning, but it will also help you to have endurance because your why, your reason for getting up will be greater than your temptation. It will be greater than your opposition. It will be greater than your hardships. It's just incredible. And I, I want to show you this video that kind of inspires me about how your why brings that focus and endurance. Jeff, could you play this video? The why has to be greater than that not out and I love it. Buster Douglas got knocked out. Nobody ever got knocked out by Mike Tyson and ever got back up. It was almost a 10 count. He was stumbling. They were four, three, two, one. Ding, ding, ding. Saved by the bell. He goes to his corner. The whole world is like, up. Oh, that's it. Once he comes back out, that's it. Mike's gonna just hammer him. And exactly that, Mike Tyson came out like, I got him. 
I got this kid up against the rope. Listen to me, many of you right now, life's got you up against the rope. You can't give up. You can't give in. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And if life's got you backed up, I need you to do what Buster Douglas did. Buster Douglas started fighting back. The world was shocked. Goliath has been knocked down. What happened? And they went to Buster Douglas and they asked Buster Douglas simply like, what happened? And Buster Douglas said, listen to me, it's real simple. Before my mother died, she told the whole world that I was going to beat Mike Tyson. And two days before the fight, my mother died. Buster Douglas had, he had a decision to make. When his mother died, he could die with his mother. Or he made a decision, I can wake up and I can live for mom. And he knocked Mike Tyson out simply because his why was greater than that punch. His why was greater than defeat. His why was greater than his trial and his tribulation. And I'm telling you, if you don't know what your why is and your why isn't strong, you're going to get knocked out every single day. Come on, somebody. Can we give it up for Buster Douglas? <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Amrita, for doing that voiceover. Really good. <laughs> I like this though, his why was greater than the punch, his why was greater than Mike Tyson. And many of you are, are fighting for a dream, but there is predictable resistance. But we realize that God created us on purpose and for a purpose as we dig into the spirit, as we follow his general will for our lives, we realize that we have something to get up for in the morning. And our, our prayer is that you would all dream again. That you wouldn't just walk through this life aimless, purposeless, but that you would be in a community that celebrates that you are an individual with gifts and talents. God has a plan for you. And I, I hate that without vision, people perish because there's so many of us that feel like we are perishing and dying, but that does not have to be a reality. And so then the fourth thing that Paul says after he, he talks about this predictable resistance, he says, I am going to complete the task. Let's read this again. And so, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And so as we go through these phases, we'll find that we have uncommon clarity. We have a reason to get up. We know why God has called me into this earth. And when we experience those hardships or those distractions, we can say, hey, you can't buy me with your money because God has a plan for me. You can't, you can't distract me. I'm focused. I'm here to complete the task. Your popularity, I don't care how many followers, I don't care if all my friends reject me or my family denies me. I am called to the task to make known the beauty of Jesus. I am dedicated. I'm focused. My why to know God, to make him known. My why is greater than anything that would cause me to pull back because the general will of God is to know God, to make him known but the specific will for your life is how are we going to make that happen because Jesus is the only cause worth getting up in the morning for I'm telling you what Jesus is the reason for all life we are made in him through him we are held together with Jesus and I want to let you know if you're not connected to the caller you're going to have a hard time finding your calling we need to live for something greater than ourselves and so 
so, we will be compelled by the Spirit. God, what do you have for me? We know that he's not going to give us all the plans. There's certain uncertainty. But then we will face these hardships, but our clarity to complete the task, our why, will help us get through. Amen. And so I want, I want to leave you with another prayer by another Drake. <laughs> a Drake from the 1500s, though. It's a different Drake. Sir Francis Drake, and he prays this prayer, and I, I want us to pray this together. And this prayer is so powerful. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves. When our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little. When we arrive safely because we sail too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Had fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity, and in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly to venture on wider seas, where storms will show your mastery. We're losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizons of our hopes and to push into the future in strength courage, and love. So my prayer is that as we dream, maybe we've dreamed these small American dreams, small dreams that just don't require God at all, really. My prayer for all of us is that we would dream again, and we would pray, God, would you compel us with your spirit? Would our dreams be a God dreams? And my prayer for all of us today is that you would walk in your purpose, that you would have vision, that you wouldn't feel like you're dying, And I I just want to encourage you, everybody ends up somewhere, but most people don't end up there on purpose. Will you be different? Let's bow our heads. Father, we just thank you so much for the the dreams and the ideas and the visions and the goals you've given us. Lord, I just pray that we would walk in it. Help us to dream again. Help us to dream again, we pray. Help us to believe that our tomorrow is better than our yesterday, that you haven't given up on us. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. You know, before I get off this platform, I just want to let you know that my main prayer today is that you would get connected to Jesus, the source of all true life. And if you're in this place, you feel far from God, or maybe you've never had a relationship with God, maybe you grew up going to a different kind of religious experience or something like that, but you're saying, I want a fresh start. I want to be free of my sin, my shame, my past. I want to walk with Jesus. I want to understand the beauty of Jesus. I, I want to walk in a new community of faith. I, I, my prayer is that you, you would let me pray for you, that you could walk in that newness, that new beginning. And so I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that, but I'm going to come to three, and if you want me to pray for you, I would love to do that. So just lift up your hands so I can do that. I won't have anybody look at you or anything like that. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. But if you're saying, Pastor Pradeep, and pray for me, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to dream God dreams for my life. On the count of three, would you lift up your hands so I could pray for you? One, two, three. Let's lift it up high. Amen. Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else? Awesome. Awesome. Lift it high so I can see it. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Hey, I'm, I'm so proud of you, and uh, I just want us to pray a prayer together. It's not a magic spell, but maybe it'll help us to understand in our hearts what we're going through. So let's pray this at the same time. Lord Jesus, I need you.
at the same time. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can we give Jesus a round of applause? (laughs) Compelled by the Spirit.